recorded, so be aware. So, I want to take the opportunity to thank everybody for coming and the wonderful opportunity to welcome my friend, my previous Chav Russo, my Rav from Columbus, the Masada Kedushin at my wedding. You know, we have a great history together. It's a very special person. Um, Rabbi David Clayman, to come and speak to you. I don't think people realize, you know, I don't want to embarrass him, how much Torah he truly has at his fingertips. You, know, you can see that the sources were put together. You know, he knew he, when we speak about you coming in to talk on Thursday. Thursday, we have an entire, you know, safer here in front of us, you know, my Rekoimas. So I wanted to thank Jackie Ravenstein today also for sponsoring and Mr. and Mrs. Shimon and Racheli Backrack for sponsoring the breakfast today. And without further ado, Rabbi Clayman. Good morning, my friends. It's a great honor and pleasure to be here, always to be in Cincinnati. Um, Baruch Hashem, a true Makam Torah. Mishkayach to the Rav, Rabbi Weinrib, and the assistant Rav as well. And uh, always a great honor to uh, reunite with my old Chaver, the true Chaverschaft. Um, that's what you get. You know, I just called Sam innocently. I'm coming into Cincinnati. Maybe we could see each other. Our kids could play together. And all of a sudden, here I am. That's what happens when you, when you speak to your, uh, your ex-president of the shul. But uh, it's my bracha that uh, CZE and the entire Cincinnati community should grow by leaps and bounds and should uh, continue to become the ear of AMB Israel that it is. So this morning's topic, I asked Sam, what should I talk about? He said, the more controversial, the better. <laughs> okay, so we can, uh, we can see where this topic takes us in terms of controversy. This is the, this, the title is, Binyan Suffolk Sakon about Atalas Nefesh. Fascinating question that's dealt with um, in the Rishonim and the Poskim, and the question becomes, if you have an opportunity to try to save somebody else's life, to what extent do you have to risk your own life to achieve that goal? And really the launching pad for this conversation, what attracted me to talk about it particularly today, we read Pasha Shmos, is the first source. Hashem al Moshe b'Midyon. So Moshe is in Midyon with his shver, Yisro, <clears throat> Lech Shuv Mitzrayim. And he's instructed to go back to Mitzrayim. The people, your enemies, who want to undermine your existence, who wanted to kill you, they're no longer. So that's a reference Rashi teaches us to Dawson and Aviram, who really were after him. We're not going to get into that story in detail. So take us to source number two. The Meshachachma makes a fascinating comment. First of all, the Meshachachma, in general, is a really incredible safer. Um, as we'll see, he wrote other works. He wrote famously the Orsameh, his commentary on the Rambam. And I think it's about the Meshachachma that uh, Reb Chaim Soloveitchik was reputed to have said <clears throat> that there are some people that their Sfarim are greater than them, and some people that they are indeed greater than their Sfarim. So, as great as the Orsameh was from his Sfarim, Reb Chaim said about him as a personality, the amount of Torah that he contained, he was even greater than his Sfarim. So, it's really incredible to, uh, you can't even imagine the stature of a person like Remer Simcha from Dvinsk. So he writes in his Meshech Achma, Leich Shuv Mitzrayma, the beginning of source number two, Kimesu Kola Anoshim HaMavakshim Esnafshecha. Fine, that's the Pasuk. Muchach, he writes to the word, toward the end of the first line, Di'im Hayu Chaim HaMavakshim Esnafsho, if indeed Dasan and Avirim were still alive, who were after Moshe's life, 
Lo hayatzarech lelech lahotzi b'nei Yisrael mimitzrayim. Wow, Jewish history would have been altogether different. Had Dawson and Aviram still been alive, there would have not have been any responsibility upon Moshe Rabbeinu to go back to Mitzrayim and to let my people go. He wouldn't have had such a responsibility. Even if the entire Jewish people are dependent on his leadership, he doesn't have a halachic responsibility to put himself into a dangerous situation. And he goes on to bring a raya from a Mishnah in Mako, so we'll get there a little bit later in the presentation this morning. So that's really the beginning of this morning's discussion. We see already in this week's parsha that the Meshachachma gleans from this somewhat innocent pasuk that only once Datsun and Avirim are no longer does Moshe Rabbeinu have a responsibility to go save the Jewish people. So I want to start from the basics. How do we indeed know that we as Yidin have a responsibility to save somebody else? You know, we have a Torah, we have mitzvahs, I have my responsibility, I have responsibilities, klapi shamayim, responsibilities vis-a-vis my relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, relationship with my fellow man. How do I know that I have to go out of my way to save somebody else's life? So that's source number three. Gufa teaches us the Gemara and Sanhedrin. How do you know if somebody's in danger? Right? There's bandits about to rob him, or he's drowning in the river. How do we know that we have a moral obligation to save somebody else's life? Talmud Lomar, famously, How could you stand idly by the blood of your fellow? He's going to die. You have a responsibility to save him. So obviously you have to go save him. So says the Gemara based upon this Pasuk in Chomesh. The Gemara asks, what do you mean? Maybe there's another Raya. It says, How do you know that you have to return somebody else's body to them? Literally restore their life if it's at risk. So the Gemara elsewhere says that it's it's not discussing the responsibility, the obligation to return somebody else's physical property, but also the responsibility to return their physical selves. Imi Hassam, the Gemara says, if I had that latter source, I have a responsibility to do whatever I can. You know, if I'm right there and I can throw him a life jacket, so I have to do it. How do you know? Mitra, Chumegra, Guri, how do you know if you have to hire somebody, if you have to pay the, the hospital bills, or you have to call an ambulance, it's a fee. You also have a responsibility to do that as well. So Kamash Malon comes to the second Pasuk to tell me, Losam Radamarecha teaches me, that you have to do it if it's simple. And Vashiv also comes to tell me that even if it costs you money and it puts you out, then it's a great tirchah, you also have a responsibility. This halacha is Paskin and Shulchan Aruch, the end of Choyshin and Mishpat, in source number four. Very succinctly, Haroas Chavero Teveh Bayam, a list in Bainalav, Oh, he puts in the Chiddush of the Gemara, you have to hire other people, and you sort of um, shirked your responsibility, you didn't save him, etc. So toward the end he says, Over So you've transgressed the Torah prohibition of Losamad al Damreach. So therefore it's very clear that again, you're not putting yourself at risk. What do you lose? Save another Jew? So of course you have to save him. Now I want to engage you in the opposite scenario. Let's say it's such an extreme situation that it's really a question of me versus him. 
It's a question of whose life should be saved. Only one of our lives can be saved, so what's my responsibility versus, vis-a-vis saving somebody else's life? So this is the famous Gemara in Bava Metzia, source number five. If you have two people walking, there's only one flask of water. So what's the what's the dilemma? If they both drink, let's say a half of a liter, they're both going to die. To survive, they both need the full liter. The one who's going to drink, he'll live. You can't have blood on your hands. You can't take it for yourself. You should split the water. And so be it, even if you're both going to die. You have to split it. Rabbi Akiva famously teaches us, So indeed, if it's your water, you drink it. You don't have a responsibility to, use your, to lose your life in keeping, you know, you, you never lose your life. Except for the three cardinal sins, Gilei Arash, Vichus and Avadah So even if it means that Begrama, somebody else is going to die, we don't say that it's at your expense, this is your water, you get to drink it. You get to drink it. And that's really, um, that's the Gemara in Bava Metzia. It's interesting, he's the same person who says, Interesting, right? So I think that uh, I think the Chassam Sofer used to say the half of the Recha Kamocha Zek Klal Gadol Torah. So in other words, in the Olam Ruchni, you have to really put yourself out. You can say, I can sit in my little vinkel and learn Torah and not teach other people. So to that we sin of the Recha Kamocha. You have a moral obligation to be engaged and be involved in other people, even if you feel like it's going to dilute your own ability to advance in Ruchnius. But when it comes to physicality, then we say, Avada Chayecha Koydmin. Okay. So I want to know, what's the din if, if you want to risk your life? Let's say, fine, there's no obligation. There's no obligation. So let's say you want to risk your life. So this is really relevant to a discussion, it's between the Rambam and Toysvis, in the context of religious persecution. So there's a big discussion over there, whether or not there's what we'll call midas chasidus. Let's say you don't have an obligation to, you know, die rather than do whatever. It's not, we're not talking about Avodah Zarah, but um, you're under very extenuating circumstances. Can you actually decide, you know what? I'm going to die rather than give in to the authorities whatever they want to ask. So, we're not going to necessarily read this point inside, but if you want to look later at sources 6 and 7, there the two and the Beisosif discuss Amachlokas between Taisvis, who is of the opinion that if you so decide that you would like to volunteer your life, it could be there could be an Indian of Midas Chasidus, but the Rambam uses very strong language, and he basically says that it's tantamount to committing suicide. It's absolutely wrong. Short of the three exceptions of Avodah Gilerash Gilei if you volunteer your life in the name of commitment to uh, to Yadus and to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that's actually inappropriate, and it would be a severe transgression. It would be like being Ma'abed Atzmaladas. I just wondered if that machlokas is exact, identical machlokas. When it comes to, let's say, Yom Kippur and Spichuach Nefesh, and you, are you allowed to choose to, to be merchant and fast, notwithstanding that you're likely to risk your life or not? I know there too, like the Rambam, and I think the Mechaber goes with them, that, that you're allowed, or they're not allowed. Not allowed. And, 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 and others say you are allowed. Is that the same machlokas or is it two separate things? I believe it's the same machlokas uh-huh. between Toysus and the Rambam, and the Mechaber paskins the Rambam, like you said. Uh-huh, right. 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 
Okay, so fine. So we've 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 established that, of course, if there's no risk to anybody, all things being equal, you absolutely have to save somebody else's life. And to the opposite extreme, if you're literally definitely going to lose your life by way of saving somebody else's life, so there we see, like Rabbi Akiva, that you're supposed to actually concern yourself with your with your own life. So now, really, the lion's share of this morning's discussion will be what will be the halacha if there is an element of risk, what we'll call suffix sakana, by trying to save somebody else. This is discussed in the postgame in the context of um, diseases and the like, when there was like an AIDS epidemic or even Ebola. To what extent does a doctor or medical professional have to put themselves at risk to help other people, even though they may be um, putting their lives at risk? Putting their lives at risk. So really, let's see together source number eight, the Kesef Mishnah. Kesef Mishnah quotes the Gemara that we saw in Sanhedrin that states, It Toward the very end, if you see the second to the last line at the beginning in source number eight, So if you don't save your friend, then you've transgressed the mitzvah de'araisa, the iser de'araisa of losamad al damreacha. And then he quotes you shall me. Yerushalmi Maski, Masik. He quotes Yerushalmi, this Yerushalmi is in Trumos, that says as follows, Afilu lahachnis atmo besofik sakana chayav. Even to put yourself into a questionably dangerous situation, you are obligated. This falls under the rubric of losam and adam re'echas. It doesn't mean, you know, you're sitting on top of your big ship and somebody's drowning and you throw them a life jacket. Or you call the police, whatever you have to do to save somebody else's life. No, you're literally putting yourself at risk. A suffolk maybe means a 50-50% chance if you're going to survive. It's a suffolk ashokul. Nevertheless, says the Agosmaim, according to the Yerushalmi, that there is an obligation. What would be the logic behind that argument? What about Rabbi Akiva? Chayacha Koydmin? What do you say? Why would it be different? Says in that line, as we're assuming the scenario is that the other person is technically in a sakona, right? And you're only possibly in a sakona. Uh-huh. So then uh, you have a, a vada and a suffake. Obviously, the uh, the vada takes, you know, a precedence uh, to, to definitely, to, to, to at least allow the possibility, hopefully, to save somebody who definitely would be dying, and you might live uh, either way. Very good. So that's indeed what the, um, <clears throat> what the Kesef Mishnah suggests. Venira shehatam it's a question of Suffolk and Vadai. In other words, that guy's for sure going to die. You might die. So, I mean, maybe to borrow the expression, I think it's really used in Dine Mamanus, if ain't Suffolk moitzimi de Vadai. I mean, this guy's for sure going to die. You might die. I mean, I thought that was a big Chiddush. We generally say Suffolk nefashus lahakil. You don't take chances. If you really, if there's a real risk to your life, you have no responsibility. But nevertheless, so argues the Kesef Mishnah. Again, he's really supporting the logic of the Yerushalmi that, like you said, he's a vada, you're a suffix, so you have a, you have a responsibility to enter into that suffix to try to save the guy um, from a vada sakana. And indeed, this is reflected by the Beis Yosef as well. 
that the Kesef Mishnah was the author of Kesef Mishnah, his, the race of Kair and the Rambam. He writes in his commentary on the tour of the Beis Yosef, where in source number 9 we see the Kosov Agos Maimonis, Avra Lasamod, quotes again, Yushalmi Masik Afilo Hachnes Atma Masafik Sakon Achayev, Venir Shatam Ipnishalo Vadevu Husafik, Vecholam Akayim Nefesh Achas Mi Israel Kilo Kayim Ola Male. Right? If you save one person, it's much like you save the world. Incredible. So therefore, go for it. That's, that's what it seems from the, from the Beis Yosef and the Kesef and the Kesef Mishnah. But there was uh, some other places, and I, I imagine it's probably not here altogether, that uh, talks about your obligation to, to save someone else when maybe it's not such a, a, a danger to you, but they put themselves in that situation. Um, like somebody sold themselves into slavery, or, or you know, what, when do you have obligations and when you don't? Isn't just on your own risk. It's also what risk they put themselves into to set up the situation as well. Hmm. Interesting. I would have argued that uh, at the end of the day, your obligation is you know, ain't dying elamash ain't You see a guy whose life is at risk. Let's say Loa Elena. There's a situation. Somebody who's you know not mentally stable, and he puts himself at risk, I would think that we have an obligation, an equal obligation, to save that fellow's life, even though, you know, they put themselves into that kind of situation, you know. So I'm curious to see, to see, to see Makaris to that effect, but I would, I would, I would argue that it doesn't make enough gemina. At the end of the day, if you can save somebody else's life, you have to do it, you have to do it. The question is, you have a Kesef Mishnah, you have a Beis Yosef, does this argument of the Yushalmi make its way into, you know, open up a Shulchan Aruch? You don't find it. So the Sma makes this point. The Sma is the Sefer Mir Senaim. He's one of the commentaries in Choshen Mishpat. He quotes again in source number 10, Hagos Maimini brings the Yushalmi that we've seen. The Beis Yosef quotes it. Fine. Look at the very second to last line toward the end. And the Ramah. Upazei Yishlomar. Kevin Shah Poskim Harif Viharambam Viharosh. Right, the Beis Yosef in his introduction to his commentary to the tour tells you his secret for Psak Halacha. He says he has the three Amude Hahora. He uses the Rif, the Rambam, and the Rosh. And, you know, that's the triumvirate. And if he has, you know, the Rambam and the Rif Paskening one way and the Rosh another way, so you go Basarov. So it's a question, if they all say different things, who do you, you know, who gets, who carries more weight, the Rambam, the Rif, or the Rosh? But he says, neither of the aforementioned, the Rif, the Rambam, or the Rosh, bring this Lahalacha. And the tour, Lohiviu Pipiskeim, Mishim Hochi Hishmitu Gamkein. So at the end of the day, even though there's such a Yushalmi, and there goes Maimani quotes it, and there might be some logic to it, Suffolk and Vada, at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't shake out. It doesn't come lahalacha. Why not? Maybe it has to do with the question that we asked. That at, the, at the end of the day, you say, Safik nefash is lahakil. You don't necessarily put yourself at risk, even if you know you for sure can save somebody else's life. So fine, so it's important to appreciate that even though it's not paskind clearly in Shulchan Aruch or the Rambam, um, I did read in one source, in fact, that there was some story that uh, in Brisk, that Reb Chaim actually passed in Lahalacha, that one is to put themselves at risk to save somebody else's life. If you can for sure save their life, 
then you should put the you, you, can, you should put yourself at risk. He's essentially paskening the Yerushalmi, the Agos Maimini. Again, this isn't uh, standard psakalacha, but I think there was a particular story, a particular disease that was going around. There's also Rabbi Kivegar has a tshuva about uh, a particular disease. There it might have been different. We'll get to that a little bit later, where the question is, you're not just saving one person, but you can save an entire community of people. So we'll have to, we'll have to think about the ramifications of that question. But that being said, it seems like lahalacha, we are not paskening this, uh, this Hagos Maimani. I didn't bring the chuvas, but this is really the, um, the central point of discussion that a lot of the poskim, Rebavad Yosef has chuvas about this, about is there an obligation, let's say, to be an organ donor. To be an organ donor, you can really, you know, a guy, Nebuch, doesn't have any kidneys. And we, thank God, a healthy person has two kidneys. So you can live a healthy life. Obviously, better to have two kidneys, but undergoing the procedure, there's an element of risk. So why don't we say, You have to go under the knife and donate your kidney. So the way the postkim say it is as follows. It's interesting to look at the different iterations of the chuvas from when they started decades ago and more recently. Because the medical procedure used to be more risky, and as of our time, it's been perfected, and it's less risky. So initially, they said, what do you mean? This is, this is Mamish, the Hagos Maimon, and the Rambam, and we don't pass in that. You have no obligation whatsoever to risk your life to save somebody else. It's a risk to you. It's a risk to you. But more recently, the postgames say, even though we can't say that you're obligated because there is an element of risk, they do say that there would be a mitzvah. If you so decide that you want to put yourself in that, at that level of risk, it's like a 95 plus percent success rate for these kinds of procedures and the recovery and you'll live, Baruch Hashem, a long healthy life with one kidney. So even though there's no obligation, there's no chiv to do it, there would perhaps be a kiyum, a mitzvah, of saving somebody else's life. And they really, this, they use this Hagos Maimini and the Radvaz that we're about to see as the, uh, as, the, as the central point of discussion regarding this very important Shiloh. Does, does it come into play at all that you don't know for sure that the person's going to live? And they have to go through anti-rejection uh, medication and all that, and they, so people don't, don't make it. Is that for you to... It's interesting. I think that the assumption of the Shiloh in the Yerushalmi is that you're going to save their life. You're going to save their life. So, I mean, again, is any attempt to save somebody else's life 100% going to be the case? You never really know. I mean, the guy could live on dialysis the rest of his life. Can you for the rest of your life? life? No. What? Is that long term? Limitations. Yeah, I think there's limitations to dialysis, yeah. No, but it's probably, it, it probably goes into the Shiloh because... You knew for sure you were saving his life, and it could be the there's a chiyuv. It could be if you're not a chiyuv to do it, then it's probably usher to do it, unless there was some sort of element of, of unknown. I mean, the fact what you just said is probably not so. Probably, I mean, if it was a hundred percent that you're going to save this person's life, then but then there's an element of suffolk to your own life. So either it's usher, you could hear swear that she either be usher or you mechayev to do it. Probably because of all these other variables, that's why. I think because the success rates are so high, so it's not really. Right. I mean, also, it's like a gray sort of. Right. Yeah. So it's a kiyum, but we're not going to say it's also. We're also going right. to say it's chayev. Right. Right. You know, Isn't there something else to factor in? Maybe I don't have any idea of the statistics. Say maybe 10, 20 percent of people develop kidney uh, failure in their life, but in the large majority of cases, they have the second kidney to back them up. That's why not that higher percentage, you know, have a life-threatening situation that way. But once you reduce your, yourself to one kidney, 
So then, instead of a tiny chance, you already have a significant chance that the, if your one little kidney remaining will fail later on. Uh, I think that plays into serious. the statistics of risk, besides the procedure, uh, and the, uh, but the fact that at the end of the day, you're living with one kidney. Right. But again, that being said, I think the statistics do point to the, to the reality that it's not such a great risk. It's not such a great risk. But I think that plays into, into the calculus of, the, of that question. Okay, so now I just wanted to, to bring your attention to source number 11. The Radvaz was asked a very, uh, a very fascinating shailah. I'll give you a deal. Either I'll chop off your arm, you'll live. And if not, I'm going to kill somebody else, one of your Jewish friends. So, yesh omrim shechayev lehaniach lekatzetzeiver. Some could argue, says the questioner, that yeah, you have to suffer the pain. He's assuming to lose a limb. Hol ve'eno meis. You're not dying. And he brings a raya from a gemara. And toward the end, v'ratzis aladas im yeshlis mochal tamzeh. Is that correct? So jump to the next paragraph. Chuva zu midas chasidus. This argument might be, you know, beyond the letter of the law. Aval ledin. Yesh tshuva. But if you want to ask me the strict halacha, he brings an argument, Ma'ala sakonas eved de Shabbos, shekein ones to osim yishmaya. Lefichach, ein sakonas eved docha Shabbos, al sheyovi hu ha'ones alav mi pnei chavero lo shamanu. Hagam, that in the, in, in, in the context of Hilchah Shabbos, sakonas eved may not mandate a dichoi of Shabbos, of Chil Shabbos, but to put yourself into that situation initially, Zu Lo Shamanu. And later on in this Chuva, we're not going to go through it line by line, he puts forward a very interesting argument. If you see, actually, I'll point your attention to it four lines from the end of source number 11 in this Radvaz, he says the following. Interesting. This is something that uh, we wouldn't necessarily say on our own. But the Heliger Advaz says that the ways of the Torah are pleasant. He says something very fascinating. If you ask Stam, somebody, what would be your thoughts on the matter? You could save somebody else's life or you could suffer the pain and live the rest of your life without an arm. So the Radvaz's argument is, the ways of the Torah are pleasant. For the halacha to state that you would have an obligation to nebuch, lose an arm, even if it means somebody else's, saving somebody else's life, that would run counter to the principle of the Torah being pleasant. I don't know if I, you know, I could argue the opposite. You could live your life knowing, yeah, I have, Baruch Hashem, I have two arms, but I could have saved somebody else's life. So, I don't know, it's a shikul to say where you say, again, this is the Radvaz. And that's the, that's the Radvaz's argument. So, um, so, at the end of the day, I would say that losing a limb, he's assuming, is just a, a question of sakanas aver. But I would think that undergoing this, you know, nowadays we have ways of stopping bleeding and whatnot. But when he was asked the Shiloh to be kotit to be and aver, you're mamash putting your life at risk. This is the Shiloh, I think. This is a question of whether or not you have an obligation to put your life at a possible risk of life in order to, for sure, save somebody else. It's a question of suffix sakana to save somebody else from vada sakana. So at the end of the day, it seems like the Radvaz is also going with what we saw 
that the was pointed out by the Sma, it's not lahalacha. It's a question of suffix sakana, and there is no obligation to endanger your life. And I quoted for you also in 12, 13, and 14. says at the end. Yeah. Is what you just said, the last line? He says, Achasid Shaita. Right. Mamish, not like the Yerushalmi. So it sounds like, remember, so it sounds like that they had some sort of mechanism to chop off a guy's arm. He's assuming it's not Safik Sakana. Right. Right. So I don't know. Right. right. Okay. So in 12, 13, 14, I quote the Shochan Acharav, the Aruch HaShochan, the Mishnah Bura. They all assume, again, that um, they all say, they bring, you know, the Shochan Acharav, let's read it inside. In source number 12, So This is our Shiloh. What does he say? And then parenthetically he adds, some disagree. This is Mamish the Machlekes over here between the Yerushalmi and others, the Agos Maimani, let's call it, and others. And some disagree. Vesafik Nefashos Lahakel. So I think this is the reason why. This is the tension. On the one hand, you say, Ein Safik Motzi Medevari. You could for sure save somebody else's life. But on the other hand, the counter argument is, what do you mean? Safik Nefashos Lahakel. If there's any element of risk, I shouldn't say any element, but if there's a, you know, there's a, there's a respectable amount of risk for your own life, you don't have an obligation to risk your life. Safik nefashis lahakel. The Arachoshochan also, he, the Arachoshochan adds something. It's always interesting to see the, um, the stresses that the various posts can put. He says something very interesting, which I think is very relevant. If you see the second line of source number 13 toward the middle, he says, Hakol lefiha inyan. V'yesh lishkol ha'inyan bepeles, velo lishmar es atmo yosemi dai. You have to be honest in your appraisal of any given situation. As the post can say, every shaila is really a case-by-case decision. There's no hard and fast rules. You have to look at the cost, you know, benefit analysis, the risk involved in any particular case. And you can't be neurotic about, uh, you know, I'm afraid, you know, God forbid, you know, maybe I don't want to go in a car to save somebody because Nebuch, there could be a car accident. I don't want to cross the street. I mean, you have to be normal. You have to be normal. Fine. Exactly. So at the end of the day, even though Suffolk Nefash is Lahakel, we have to be honest in terms of what's considered a Suffolk. If we can protect ourselves and do what we can, and it's not really such a great risk, so of course we have a responsibility a responsibility to do so. Sure. Sure. Not at all. Is there a difference between an arm which will affect your everyday life, which is now I can understand, I can't run to fill in, now I can't, whatever, function, and a kidney where you don't even need a second kidney, in today's environment where the risk, I would say, is probably minuscule, not that there's no risk, but certainly there was a lot more risk back then. So today a person couldn't say, oh, because of the suffix misfashions. It's not going to be a suffix, they do a thousand of them. So one out of a thousand, let's just assume that that's not the issue. Right. So I, I I do understand I do appreciate that difference, but I think that like in this in the context of this discussion, maybe the Shiloh would be at the end of the day, are you endangering your life? It's a question of convenience. I do understand that living with one kidney is easier than living with one arm. But you're not saying it could be if you say, again, if you assume that there's a chiv to save somebody else's life, even if you're putting yourself at risk, 
Maybe there it would. There's no risk. Let's say in both cases. All things being equal. Because it's only one out of a thousand, which isn't an issue. Let's just say. So you're saying, yeah, if you, if you give someone's life, you give up the honor. Putting aside and again, putting assuming that we do paskin this this agos maimni strictly, maybe there wouldn't be such a chiluk. I do hear your svara. I just don't know if. I'm if saying there are we shouldn't put it aside. I'm saying there are would say a kidney, no big deal. An arm, it's a big deal. Right. Okay. Right. In other words, assuming not like the Radvaz, though. The, the Radvaz is saying like you. In other words, you're saying, I hold the Radvaz, the Rechad Rechanam, and for sure not an arm. Radvaz is not a kidney. The Radvaz is right. So saying, even according to the Radvaz, you could be Mechalik, right? What, so what if, what if the person, for some reason, he, sent, he senses that, no ma- that even, even if he were to give up his arm, the guy's still going to kill the other person, no matter what. So then what? What should he do? Don't give up your arm. Use <laughs> <laughs> a cycle. Punch him. <laughs> Use your arm. If he doesn't give up his arm, the guy's going to kill him. If he does give up the arm, the guy's going to kill him. So what's the Shiloh? What's the Shiloh? I mean, no, it, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a catch-22 situation. I was he, he wasn't that the guy's going to kill you. <laughs> I think, I think what Thomas is trying to say is he, he doesn't know for sure. Because uh-huh. if you know for sure the guy's going to kill me either way, right. there's no question. So I, I'm assuming that the, the context of this whole discussion is where, again, the preponderance of evidence, the situation is such that you're going to save somebody else. If mamish, because then you lose the whole argument. It's suffix and suffix. It's a suffix versus a vada. So you have to assume that if I do this, then I'm going to save somebody else's life. But he, even if imtim salama, you're going to put yourself at risk. You're not even going to save somebody else. So I don't think that there definitely wouldn't be a chiv. There wouldn't be such a yerushalmi. We had a case where, where the guy was putting a whole town at risk. Okay, so we'll get there. We're going to get there. Um, and and, and uh, you know, in in the end, they figured out how to solve this problem. But he wasn't going to volunteer himself in order to save the whole town. And maybe it was just that he was wicked or whatever, but I'm talking about throwing Baba Bakery's head over the wall. You know, why why didn't he just come up and say, hey, why am I going to cause this whole town a problem when he could just give up himself? The question is if you have a responsibility to save everybody by risking your life. We're, we're going we're gonna to specifically discuss... In, in the end, he risks his life either way. In other words, he's not really going to make it because they're going to take over the whole town and get him anyway. Mm-hmm. So... so I, I don't see where his risk really is so much more. Okay, very good. It's a, it's a very important distinction. Very good. So I wanted to. So Adkan, we've established. Again, we have the sheet of the Yerushalmi with Argos Maimon who holds that yes, there is an obligation. The post can say we don't go like that because Safek Nafashis Lahakel. What that would mean in the context of diseases and doctors treating things is interesting. I didn't bring the chuvas, but there are chuvas in the context of epidemics where Ravazna writes like this, and it's, it's Eliezer, that if it's your job, and it's interesting, they put in, if it's your parnasa to save other people, and there's an element of risk involved, to shirk that responsibility would actually be problematic. It could be usr. So as for Stama person, who's thinking maybe I could save somebody, there is no obligation. But if that seems like it's your job to do that, to go into certain areas where you have an opportunity to save people's lives, even if there's an element of risk that you're putting your own life in danger. So again, like the Aruch HaShulchan said, every case might be different, but if you are a medical professional and that's your job, 
then it might be a different calculation. But I mean, it's only, only regarding Jews, as far as them to save other... Let's assume that for now. Uh, tell you how far are they the making go? Does it mean that every doctor who is a yid has to fly there to Israel if there's, you know, if, if there would be an, an epidemic there, or is it their doctors there? So you're fine in America. You, you have to. There, there you have responsibility for people here. You can't just. You have, you have your own community. You have to take care of. You can't just leave. I mean, let's say someone gets sick here. I would assume you don't have to travel across the world. There, you have there, your. There are plenty of doctors here to who be able to help here too. I guess you're saying so. Just do the same. There are plenty of doctors there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they have these uh, things where you know the posthumous, posthumously person has to save people. Like in other words, um, if they had some kind of you know certain kind of disease, then they do an autopsy on them in order to prevent other people from getting it. Where normally they wouldn't do that, you know. So so it, it depends on the circumstances. Even that's the that's, that's a whole other shiloh. Still have to. That's a whole other shiloh because there's all you know. There's other other shilohs to uh, to concern yourself when you start talking about questions of an autopsy. Okay. So now I want to um, to ask the question. The last segment here. What would be the halacha? This is a question if it's one person saving another person. Maybe yes, maybe no. What about if you can save an entire community? You could save the whole seaboard. Does that change? Does that change the argument? So let's go back to our original source. What are, according to the Meshachachma, what will we say? What did the Meshachachma say? Go back to Mitzrayim. Kimesu kol anashem hashem avakshim esnefshacho. Who who could he potentially save? Tell us a rabbim. Tell us a rabbim. Gans klal Yisrael. That was the story. That's the that's that's the biblical narrative. He could have saved the entire klal Yisrael. Says the Meshachachma because he's putting his life at risk. Dasan Avirim out to get him. Therefore, there would be no chiv even to save all of Klai Yisrael. There was no immediate sakana of Misa. You know, it wasn't like there was a gzair that would be killed that night. And people were dying in Mitzrayim. If you could, be, if you could, if you could, you know, if the exodus happened, he could have saved lives. True. Okay. You see, but the but the, whole, the whole point the whole point was is that who were the who were the who were the people who said, "Let's go back to Mitzrayim." It started from the Erevah. And the Erevah, and then the Erevah spread out. We're talking about... Yeah, that's not the time that we're talking now. We're talking about when the, the, the Yidin had not yet left Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu was with Yisro. And Hashem said, this week's Parsha, Parsha Shmos, before anything happened. Which later on. They had been formed right before you left Mitzrayim. This is way earlier than that. Way earlier. Fine. Says the. Um, let's turn to page the last page over here, source number seventeen. The Or Sameach. This is Reb Meir Simcha, the Meshechachma on the Rambam. He's coming off of a halacha where the Rambam writes. In fact, if you want to see, turn back to page source sixteen. We could see the Rambam. The Rambam says this is based upon a Mishnah Maseches Makos. If somebody is kills Beshogeg, where the halach is, you have to go to a city of refuge near Miklot. You're never allowed to leave, except what has to happen for the person to leave, who has to pass away? The Koyan Gadol. Even if he's needed for a mitzvah. Let's say he's a moil, there's no other moil. Don't leave. He's a very important witness in a case of capital capital punishment. Nevertheless, you can't leave. He could save somebody else's life. He's the military general. We need his strategic 
military expertise. What are we going to do without our general? But he's stuck in your Miklat. Says the Rambam, He never leaves the Yermiklat. Ad Moisa Koyen Agadl. Zak the Rambam, key words, the very end, And if this fellow, who is so important for the salvation of the Jewish people, leaves, He's putting his life at risk, because if, who, if he leaves the Yermiklat, who can get him? The Gar Adam. The Goyal Adam is allowed to kill anybody who leaves the Ir Miklat too early. Says Ramir Simcha, going on the Rambam, going on the Rambam, says the following. Says Ramir Simcha. If you look in the Mishnah where the Rambam is coming from and you look at the Rambam, the last words of the Rambam are his own. It doesn't appear like that in the Mishnah. If you look at the Rambam, he's actually giving us a reason why this fellow who's so important for the Jewish people is not allowed to leave. It's pikuach nefesh. You could save somebody else's life. So what? The, the mitzvah, the din is, you're supposed to sin your miklat. We're doich the most severe of mitzvahs to save somebody else. So why is this different? Esther put her life at risk to save the Jewish people. Says the Rambam, the reason why this situation is different is because there is a Goyal Adam. It's part of the din, the mitzvah, the parasha of Ir Miklat. If the fellow who's so needed by the Jewish people were to leave, he's putting his life at risk. And the fellow who kills him isn't Chayv Misa. Su Lahamiso. And and Bezin, you know, he's not obligated if he's the girl Adam and he kills him. The Kevan Shahutu Damala Girl Adam Ain Lahachnis Atzma Besafik Sakana Avura Tzalas Khavirmi Sakana Vadois. So Zak the Meshachma is a Pirishan Khumish. He tries to bring out this halacha from the story with Mershu Rabbeinu and Yisra going back to Klaisro, doesn't have Irma alive anymore. So now the Rosamech puts on his other cap. I'm learning a Rambam. This is Adin. This is from a Mishnah Makkus. This isn't about some story we could, a hin and a hair, you could push it away this way. This is Mamish coming from a Rambam. He holds his halacha lamaisa from the Rambam. And then he gets into the Marmakomis we're not familiar with. Umuchach mize delokagos maimen ibishemi Yerushalmi de Trumis. Shuhu bekasef Mishnah. The chayav lahachnis atum basafik sakana. So not only, I mean, this is a bigger chiddish. Dagos maimen says you have to save somebody else's life, even if it's one versus one, you have to put yourself into a case of safik sakana. This is Hatzalas kol kla Yisrael. We're for sure, the Dagos maimen would say, for sure you're chayav. And of them, even in such a scenario, you're not obligated, you're not obligated. Wow, what a tremendous chiddish from the Or Sameach. So wow, he sticks to his guns and he holds it through and through no matter what the scenario. He's not machalic, even if you could save all of Klai Yisrael, you have no responsibility to put your... Why shouldn't he go through the risk of seeing if the Goldam kills him or not? I mean, it's, it's a risk. Why should he have to put himself at You said it. Why should he put himself at risk? I would argue to Pumfakirat. It's a suffix. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a right. Suffix nefashis lahakil. It's the same argument. He's just saying it even if it's, if the if the potential gain would be saving a whole a whole tzibur.
so can we apply our focus to like the contemporary question of self-driving like vehicles where if the vehicle is going to go hit someone, right, um, should, should it continue and hit that person or should it swerve off the road and potentially kill the, the person in the vehicle? So like that's like a question and we, would we be able to, to apply this focus to that as well? Just familiarize me, please, with the Metsius. Again, so if, you're, if self-driving cars sees somebody, right. and, and so they could no save time. their life. Right, it could save the, the, dri- the driver's life, right, um, by continuing on and hitting that person. It's a pedestrian. It's a pedestrian. Yeah. The pedestrian or it'll swerve into a wall. Right, exactly. Right. So so nothing for sure you put the driver at risk by swerving into the wall or it keeps going and it hits a pedestrian and the pedestrian is going to be at risk with the question. So you're for sure going to kill the pedestrian and you might kill yourself. It's a suffix that... The car cannot go off and do something that's not acceptable just to order to no, try and weigh this, out the risk. No, this was a the big question on how do they weigh the more risks when they program these. Do you, the car, is it a, yeah, it's a regular car. It's not It's not a regular car. It's not a regular car. It's not a a you can't yeah. really do that. Do you program self-driving cars? I don't program. But in the case of, of, of him leaving, um, you know, the... the, uh, the uh, Ir The early Mecha. Um, I don't see that as being a, a, a case that you can put in here because... Here he's doing something he's not allowed to do. Yes, there might be a risk. There might not be a risk, but he's not allowed to do that. So, so you know, him doing something that he's not supposed to do. So that's the question. I want to get to that point. The, in other words, the way that the Orsamech is understanding is that it's the Ramam is giving a reason. It's not as if he's not allowed to, and therefore, no, the reason why he's not allowed to is because the Goal Adam can kill him. That's a Kiddush, the way he's learning the Ramam. I'm saying that that kind of Kiddush is very dangerous because it's, it's like, hey, you can say this is a reason, but is it very the only reason? Very good. It isn't the only okay. reason. You can't do it because it, it has, and I'm saying that reason is is, is supplemental. It's not the key. Very it, good. It's very Excellent. Supplemental. Excellent. You're making an excellent point. In other words, the question is, is that the correct way to read the Rambam? The Klichamda, I don't have it printed for you. The Klichamda discusses this in Parshas Pinchas. I have for you a tshuva of the Sridayesh, the Sridayesh of Yechiel Yaakov Weinberg. In fact, this particular section of his tshuvas is very interesting. These are addendums that he wrote to letters from Ramosha Sternbach. Ramosha Sternbach wrote to the Sridayesh, and the Sridayesh is writing back. And others, um, I also have a tshuva here from the Hechel Yitzchak, this is Rav Herzog. So let's see how they want to argue the point of the Rambam. So again, at the beginning of source number 18, he's quoting, I think, from Ramosha Sternbach, who brings a raya from the Lashana Rambam. From the Lashana Rambam. Ein or Samech, let's see the second paragraph. The Hadam Mosif, the Or Samech learns that that which the Rambam writes at the end, that fellow who is so indispensable for the salvation of the Jewish people or to leave the Ir Miklat, he can get killed. Hutaam. That's a reason why he's not allowed to leave the Ir Miklat. 
because if he were to leave, he could potentially get killed. That's why he's not allowed to leave. The way the Arsamech puts it, the Rambam Mamash plays into this conversation. And you have a Mephorish Rambam, not like the Agos Maimini, not like the Yerushalmi. Not like the Yerushalmi. Look at the third paragraph. I don't feel like this is such a compelling proof. The reason why somebody who is an Ir Miklat can't leave is because the Torah said so. There's no Nasinas Ta'am per se. Like there's a Sifri that says, Ad Mos Hakoin Hagadol. The Ain Shum Dovaba Olam Matir Lotzis Elamais Koin Hagadol de Mechaperes. Okay, different reasons why the Koin Hagadol Rashi and Chumash. But at the end of the day, the Torah says you need, it's a matir, you need the Misa of the Koyan Gadol to enable you to leave. And he says, look, this is amazing to see the Rambam, every syllable counts so much. You can write Sfarim on any inflection of the Rambam. Let's go back to the Rambam. 16, what did it say? Not Deimiyatsa. Meaning to say, it's an added point. Meaning, Avada, you can't leave. And by the way, says the Ramam, if you leave, you're absolutely putting your life at risk. But not to say that that's the reason why you can't leave. So says the Sri Deish. That's Meduyuk in the Rambam, not like the Orsameach. Not like the Orsameach. And again, this is also amplified by Rav Herzog in, in Chuvis Hechel Yitzchak. Where he says, "Vitmahati, I'm bewildered." Kishirisi la goin remer simcha bar sameach shalav davke bishvil atzalus yochid ela filu bishvil atzalus klai Yisrael ein la laadam lahachnis esatma basafik sakana. And he brings a raya from the Rambam, etc. V'huma farsh shetosefes advarim sheinam b'mishnah. It's an asinas tam. And he says, if you look at the fifth line from the bottom of source number 19, toward the end, V'ani tama tama akra. Hello, Kishakol Yisrael Tzrichim Lechuaso. Harezu Kvar Milchemes Mitzvah. This is a different gather. It becomes a Milchemes Mitzvah. When all of Kla Yisrael needs you, that's like HaKadosh Baruch Hu telling you to wage war. Ve'ech Yitachin Shein Biyad HaMelech Ve'bezen HaGadol Lechof Alatzes. How could it be that a Melech, let's say, or the Bezen HaGadol can't enforce you to go out? Ve'etzem HaDavar Kosh HaLahavin. He says he argues, you know, within the the lumdas that we've been seeing, even if it's just saving one other person, according to the Yerushalmi and the known poskim how could it be everyone made such a mistake? So basically he's saying, of course you have to assume that if you have the opportunity to save all of Klal Yisrael, that it would be different. Again, the Klichamda the Klichamda points out that, uh, of course, there would be a chiv to, to save everybody. And he brings an interesting raya from another story in Chumash. Pinchas. Let's analyze the story of Pinchas. Pinchas saw the story of Zimir and Cosby. And he speared them. The Gemara says clearly... What's that? Right, very good. It was Hatzalah's Kla Yisrael. It was a Magaifa. And what's the din if Zimri would have turned around and killed Pinchas? Would Zimri be chayev? He would have been potter because Pinchas, ironically enough, is a raidef. Pinchas was, was attempting to kill Zimri. If Zimri would have turned around and killed Pinchas, he would have been potter. 
And nevertheless, Pinchas put himself at risk for Atzalas Klal Klal Yisrael. So he says... He just knew that? Oh. Yeah, yeah. which means that wouldn't have applied if you're using the logic of that he was saving Klal Yisrael and that was the reason. But they didn't. They're using Kanaim Pogan Boy. That means they were doing something. Kanaim Pogan Boy, it's a shy love, if it's a chiyuv or it's a heter. That, that, that's what allowed him to do it. So you can't think that was the reason he killed them. It may not be the reason because he was saving Kalah Yisrael. But what about the counter argument? What would Ramir Simcha say? In other words, you're, you're saying that Avada, if it's just a pure question of suffix, Sakonis Nafashis, you wouldn't do it. In this particular, to, to, to prove something, there has to be no other reason. I'm saying there's another reason there's they killed him. Pogimbo. That's what he got the schus for. He didn't become a Kohen because he 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 saved Claudius. But what about the fact that he's putting his life at risk? In other words, would co- Kanan Pogimbo probably was allowed to. What I'm saying is you can't bring the proof because it was another set of circumstances. Oh, it's not a stand, right. The whole set, right. setup of a regular Kanan Pogimbo is always being raided. Right. But, I mean, not every situation is such that he really could have been killed, though. I mean... Why? You're saying the Gemara says the in. In other words, the Gemara is saying that if if Zimri would have turned around to kill him, he would have been Pater. Right here. In other words, you can't bring such a stock Arayo because there's another consideration of Kanaim Pogimbo. And if Pinchas knew that he was saving Klai Yisrael, he knew that. Was a Magefa. He doesn't mean he knew. He knew that he had he had an obligation to go kill Zimri. Now. Exactly. Who said that he even knew that it would stop? No one said. Oh, you know, if you do this. Okay. Okay. I have to see. I have to see that the Klichamda handles this Raya. I don't have it here inside, but it's Kedai to, to see to see his, his argument. But again, he's he's in the camp, he's in the camp, not like Ramir Simcha, that again, if it's a consideration of Kol Kla Yisrael, then indeed, um, then indeed there would be a chiyuv. The, the whole thing is that uh, with Zimri was busy doing other things when Pinchas came to kill him. So when Pinchas, so when Pinchas came to kill him, that's what stopped him again. He, he, when he, and the, there, there was different levels of, of a nace that happened. Right. Not for right now. Okay. I'll just share with you the last, you know, this is part of a, a greater series of chubas, but it's interesting, again, you have to put things in their historical context, but I quote a few at the end, the Mishpat coin, which is of Cook, and he writes, Linen Hatzalas, Klal Yisrael, Kvar Kasati, Le'el, Delani Yazdaiti, Mitam Haras, Shaw. In other words, if it's a consideration, if you have the opportunity to save all of Klai Yisrael, then we would consider a haras shah. You have to put aside the strict halachic arguments, and Nevada, under those circumstances, he says, you would have to do it. You don't need a bezdin to be matter. So again, he's going to a different extreme. He's saying that uh, putting aside all the arguments, he, he, would, hold, he, would, hold, he would hold that. Um... Okay. Rabbi, I just wonder, is it possible that the Nogaba, that the uh, cook is, is talking about, he's, he's reacting to a particular tshuva? It looks like, you know, uh, that Nogaba is often someone, you know, that, that the reason why a particular source, we don't know what it is, said what he said, yeah. but because of Rashon Migdar and Migdar Milson. True, he is addressing a particular scenario, right. but he's saying that the consideration is because it's Hatzal is Klal Yisrael, you can put aside all of the counter arguments. You don't think he's talking about a source? He's reacting to it, but you shouldn't infer from there for Mikaradin. I think he's, just, he's okay. extrapolating to all scenarios okay. of Hatzal is Klal Yisrael. So again, we find 
across the spectrum. According to Rameer Simcha, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't, maybe it would even be also to be Mesach and to even save Kalkalis. Or other poskim say, like Rav Kok goes the other extreme, Avada, it's Pasha, that you would have to. And some poskim take the middle position that there would be a heter. There would be a heter, but there wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a chiv. And I'll just end with this question. Um, let's say, and unfortunately there are such shilas, where the shaila becomes, it's not a question of putting yourself into suffix sakana, putting yourself into vadai sakana to save more people. You have questions, you know, let's say jumping on a grenade. If I jump on the grenade, you know, I'm gone. But I could save everybody else. I could save everybody else. So there's different shuvas about this. And it seems that uh, the Tzitzeliezer has something like this. Or Moshe has a shuva that seems to address this. They bring a raya from... There's a story quoted in Rashi and Tainus, the, the, the story of Haruge Lud. We're not going to get into the details, but basically they say that Haganah, there wouldn't be a mitzvah, it will be mutter under those circumstances to save all of Klal Yisrael. Some say, a counterproof, and this is something somebody brought up in the, in the conversations this morning, that there's no raya, because there you would die mimanafshach. It's a question of, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're under the same gzera. So either you're going to die with everybody else, or if you take the bullet for the team, then you'll save everybody else. So Avada, under those circumstances, maybe it will be mutter, because you would have died anyway. But uh, to say that if I might, I might be able to save my life and I could save somebody else, um, to for sure put yourself into vade sakana to literally risk your life for that, uh, they would say that there's no riot from that from that story well, in Tinus. What, what about what about more of, of a, uh, you know kind of kind of like a kiddush Hashem type thing? So the 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 scenario is is that person is in and, and, I, and a lot of rubs have done this. That's why I'm coming up with this scenario. The, the, the rub is, is is there and the uh, the the people are beating up this other Jew and and so. If he asks them to stop, they're going to kill him. Right. But he's not going to allow it to continue, so he intervenes and they kill him. Uh-huh. Okay, and this happens to a variety of rubs in, in the you know Second World War. Um, is he allowed to do that? Is it the mitzvah for him to do that? Of, you know, um, he 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 knows the risk to him is he's going to die. Okay, and it's kind of so this, this is this but, debate, and, and he might save the other person. He might not. Right. So I would say that if you're for sure putting yourself at risk, and you only might save somebody else, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> so again, I just want to. Uh, so we we discussed a, a broad topic. We went from the extreme that, of course, if there's no risk to you, you for sure have to save. If there is absolute risk to you then you shouldn't save. The question is in these gray areas, so you have Ramir Simcha to one extreme, other poskim to the other extreme, and uh, it seems like the, the row will hold in the middle that there might be a heter to do it even though there's no mitzvah that you would have to do it. And then there's interesting consideration if you have a greater concern of Hatzalah's Klai Yisrael or Hatzalah of a greater Tzibor, where again, Ramir Simcha sticks to his guns and he holds that there would be no chiv, and other poskim say, no, it's a different consideration when you talk about uh, the greater Klai Yisrael there's no diuk from the Rambam. So again, I want to thank uh, my good friend Sam and uh, the Rav and the assistant Rav and all of you for coming out and spending your day off learning a little bit of Torah. Yeshikayach.
We're yeah. yeah. right now. I'm sure we have a few people. Do we have a few people who need to bench? Does anybody need to bench? I do.